You are tuned into a Heads and Tails NFL Injury Report. For each week, we discuss the latest injuries and sports health buzz surrounding the league in an attempt to make football safer to play at all levels. Dr. Wazim Bush provides expert medical insight, while my buddy Josh Boyd keeps us up to date on all current events and provides play-by-play analysis. And my name is Kevin Song, and I provide the perspective of a former player with a passion for changing a football culture that nearly took my life. If this is your first time to the show, I recommend checking out some of the athlete and expert interviews that we have previously published on this podcast. For detailed show notes and videos from this episode, go to headsandtails.org backslash injury reports. Welcome back to an all new episode of the Heads and Tails Injury Report. You are currently listening to uh, week 15 of the 2018 NFL season. Uh, We're back at it again. And first injury up on the list is, I think, Josh. He's got a back injury. Um, he's Ooh. fighting through it this week. Laid up on the couch. Laid up on Can't the couch. even move. Yeah, laid up on the couch. We're about to hurt him. Looks comfy. Yeah. But looks comfy. Looks comfy. So we'll go through the week 15 injuries, and then we'll uh, move on to what do we got? We got some Redskins infections we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about whether we think Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton should play this week uh, coming up into week 16. And then we'll go into the NFL way to play uh, player of the week for week 14. So it should be a quick one. Uh, we're going to start this week off with Green Bay Packers running back uh, Aaron Jones with a knee injury, possible MCL. What do you, what do you got for us? No video, right? No video. No, no video. video. Um, it is. It was confirmed that it was an MCL. Uh, we've only got two weeks left in the in the season, so chances are they've got nothing to play for. Right. What's know? the point? Yeah, they're probably gonna rest them and just let them recover. You know, um, sorry, fantasy owners, but yeah, but, he's yeah. probably out. Pick up Jamal Williams. We'll talk about the the IR stuff. I want to. There's a bunch of points I kind of want to make it about about that. But there's we'll, a ton of people on IR, huh? Well, yeah. They, there's a there's a there's a reasoning behind it. But we'll talk when we talk about uh, Rogers. And uh, Cam Newton. Just got double check. At the yeah, end, dude. At the, I, I read something injuries, about, we'll like, about Skip them. Bayless tweeted something well, about, like, the only reason why Aaron Rodgers is, like, considered the best quarterback is because of all his commercials. That's, well. <laughs> what about Peyton? <laughs> what about Eli? Skip Bayless just tweets things just to tweet them. It's, but, yeah. but we'll but we'll talk about, uh, I want to, yeah. We'll do Skip that is jacked. Have you guys ever seen him? No. Skip's an idiot. Skip, he is an idiot. Oh, okay. But he's jacked. Uh, all right, so not much on that one. Uh, then we got Miami Dolphins running back Frank Gore, who we just talked about a few weeks ago about his durability. And we jinxed and him. We jinxed totally him. We did. definitely jinxed him. Uh, so he's out with an ankle injury. Um, I think we have a not a video. There, we have a video of him limping. Yeah, there's a yeah. clip of him limping off. I would. I mean, I haven't seen the injury, so we I, have a description. So I saw. I, I actually was watching the game when when it happened. Um, so he was. He broke a run. And he got tackled from behind, and they, uh, it, um, the defender landed on the back of his ankle, and he just went down. And you could see as he was going down, like the grimace on his face. Um, and they originally thought it was an ankle, and now reported it as a midfoot sprain. And the big thing with midfoot is the Liz Frank ligament, and they think it's a Liz Frank sprain. Liz Frank is a dreaded injury for most of uh, of any NFL player um, because they're really difficult for surgery. And the Liz Frank ligament basically holds together the midfoot and the forefoot. The forefoot for our fans is basically all your toes and the metatarsals that are connected to it. And then the um, 
the uh, midfoot is basically the small group of bones that form like the arch on top of the the foot. So um, that ligament kind of holds them together and provides stability. And uh, really dreaded injury, a, a fracture is the worst uh, of them because of uh, requiring surgery. Takes quite a while to heal. He's done for the season for sure. Um, based on his age, I mean, we'll see if Frank decides to give it a give it a go next season. But well, he's, he's gonna play forever. So, what was this? One hundred twenty-two, hundred twenty-two games, hundred twenty-two consecutive starts, and has not missed a game since two thousand and ten. Yeah, that's ten. It's ten, incredible. Ten years. Yeah. For a running He's back. He's 35 years old, right? I mean, yeah. Most running backs don't even play 122 games in their career at all, let alone 122 yeah. games straight. So He's going to be one of the all-time leaders, right? Yeah, yeah he's, up, he's up there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's in the top 10 in yardage. But um, So, sorry we jinxed you. Yeah, class uh, act. Frank. Feel bad for the guy. Yeah. It just shows, like you said, like those running backs. I mean, when you're getting when you're getting that many carries, it doesn't take much to get an ankle or a foot, and it's kind of amazing that he did last this long. Hello, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, with how he runs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next injury up is Los Angeles Chargers' uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, he's a wide receiver. He's got a, a hip injury. It's still hard for me to say Los Angeles Chargers. It, I always want to say San Diego. You're reading I, it, though. So I totally <laughs> should help. People listening don't know that. <laughs> Never mind. Good job, Kip. Um, yeah, no, it, you're right. You're right. I said San Diego Chargers last week. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Probably because I'm thinking it myself. It's very true. Um, um, so what about this hip injury? Keenan Allen, he, he, had, he was battling a hip a couple weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, back, I'm going to say he played in the Steeler game, which is three weeks ago, and before that he missed the game before that, uh, before the Steeler game. Um, so he's had this flare up before uh, this year, but he was just kind of going f- to make a catch in the corner of the end zone on in the Thursday night game, and it was almost like one of the catches of the year. He like tipped it up to himself and was bobbling it and falling out of the end zone and recaught it, but it was he didn't he was incomplete. He f- fell out of bounds, but just kind of fell on his hip. Yeah, just landed on. I guess when you just land on it wrong, it's uh, so basically. If you guys feel on, if you run your hand up down by your pelvis here and you feel that bone, yeah, yeah, you know, easy. Everybody, put your hands down your pants. Just not. I didn't say down your pants. I did. See, Boyd is going. Boyd is doing some real bad things (laughs) over there. That's why his back hurts. That's (laughs) what it is. I don't want to say it. Yeah, he's gonna go blind soon too. Careful, Boyd, before you shoot your eye out, you know. Um, anyways, if you run your hand over on the hip, you'll feel your hip bone. And basically what happened was uh, Alan uh, landed on that bone in itself. And it's just a contusion right to that hip. And it's called a hip pointer. Uh, they're painful as hell. Uh, I, I, you know, he, he's probably going to give it a try and give it a go this week. Um, but his explosion is going to be very limited. It's going to hurt him when he's trying to run, and especially when he tries to sprint. So two extra days, which helps because they played on Thursday. Well, actually, two extra days instead of three. Yeah. They played on Thursday. They play Saturday now instead of Sunday. Yeah. Now that the NFL starts playing every day, college ends. Um, does it help at all playing at home in Los Angeles in? what you would have to assume would be 60 degrees on Saturday night as opposed to where they were in Kansas City on Thursday night where it was 20 degrees. Like, is it one of those things that's – is it easier to get 
when you're warmed up to keep it loose? Is it kind of like a loose thing or is it um, not so much that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But just for the fans to know, Boyd was still putting his hand down his pants I was still, during I was the whole still... time <laughs> as he was asking that question. It was slightly uncomfortable. I'm on the other side of the couch, so it's uh, a little, I was, little bit. I mean, he's he's tender on that hip, hip pointer. He's really pointing on that hip. But, um, you know, really, it, the, um, the weather in itself is not necessarily going to play a huge role for it. it. It doesn't necessarily have to be loose. This is just going to be just picture you just got bruised on a on a real uh, uh, a part portion of your body, and that bruise is just needing time to kind of heal. So that's all it is. The cold weather might have been even better for it because it would have just you know the cold's great for that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but I, I did this once in like volleyball my sophomore year of high school. Gym, gym class, class yeah. Ooh, gym class hero. Yeah. Some. I think I went up to like spike a ball, and Mike Pitler came and took out my legs from underneath me and I fell right on my hip and we had a game that night and I remember it was it hurts yeah like it hurt. it's hard to run it's hard I'm like yeah. there's no way I'm telling my coach that I hurt my hip in gym class and I'm not <laughs> playing so he would have killed you <laughs> yeah um so obviously I didn't do that and I played but it reminds me that none of these guys wear girdle pads no. like my whole life we always wore girdle pads and these guys don't wear girdles whereas that's this exact type of injury is could be prevented with one of those girdles. I think these skill guys wear as little pads as possible. Yeah. You know, uh, the only the only problem with wearing the pads is that it takes away some of your speed. It takes away some of your explosiveness, right? Right. And they, they want to be as aerodynamic as they possibly can so that they can, you know, any advantage that you can get on your, your, your uh, on the defender, you're going to take. You yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. But I guess I was just not as smart because when I hurt my hip with this, I just put two girdle pads on that side instead. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help wasn't. in case somebody else hits you on there. I mean, but yeah, I mean, they, they've they been icing the heck out of him. They've been stretching him. Um, you know, I want to say that there's, there's two ways of thinking of it. I think that they might have, they clinched a playoff spot, but did they clinch division? Chargers? Yeah. No. No, so then no, both those games are going to matter for them. No so then what. he's he's playing, he's definitely going to give it a go. I mean, if if sophomore fourteen year old Kevin Sam could do it with two girdle <laughs> pads, I don't see why why uh, Keenan Allen can't do it. So it's very true. All right, next injury up, we got Chicago Bears safety Eddie Jackson with a ankle injury. We got a video on this one. Do have a video? It's bizarre. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tell. He got an interception and just was running it out and kind of looked like he wanted to start to slide or go down on his own. But I, I don't, I don't know. He just kind of crumpled to the ground and then at the end it looks like maybe he caught his ankle underneath him after he started crumpling yeah. to the ground because he hurt something else. Uh, it's kind of it's really hard to say what yeah. caused which and which is worse and what. For a league is. filled Did with like some of the top athletes in the world, that was like one of the most unathletic looking things I've ever seen. <laughs> but that I, I think it. To me, by video, it looked like the his key his cleat got caught in the ground. Yeah, yeah, and then he just just went down. It definitely looked super super awkward, and I was just like, "All right, well, nobody else did anything to you, but it looks high ankle to me." So likely, um, you know, he was still walking around on it. Um, I think he was on. I don't even know if he was on crutches at the end of the game. I can't remember, but um, I think he'll be back uh, for for the playoffs. The Bears are are uh, in the playoffs already. Um, so if it matters, 
you know, he'll he'll come back into to these games, but otherwise they'll rest him. He'll be back without a doubt, though. All right. Uh, next injury up, we got Tennessee Titans safety uh, Kenny Vaccaro with a concussion, and his reaction to this was kind of interesting. Did so? Did he leave? We there's a video on this of this play. Did he leave the game after this play? Mm, I don't know. That I don't know. I feel like he must have, or else Chris Nowinski would have been all over it. Okay. But yeah. it's funny because he he like went in his film room like after the game and took <laughs> a video of it no, and this tweeted is, the video. No, this is a retweet. He retweeted someone else's tweet. No. Yeah. This is his tweet. No. Yes. No. Kenny Dwayne Vaccaro. I feel like John Wick with the stick. And it's like his iPad that he was reviewing game film and he tweeted it. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, the first one is. Oh, the oh. the second one is Brian Baldinger's. Oh, okay, 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 uh, okay, okay. Uh, thing. Yeah, we, that's what I thought was the weirdest. Wait, is like yeah. he posted that's, it himself. It's yeah. the same play. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the same play, but Baldinger okay. Okay. Uh, okay. gave his own take on it, which was kind of yeah. hilarious. But man, he got lit. So he <laughs> so obviously okay safety for the Titans. He went to f- just a running play against the Giants. He went to kind of fill his gap, or he was blitzing and filled a hole. Um, and the tight end for the Giants was coming across and just met him head up and knocked his helmet off because they kind of just braced for impact and knocked his helmet off. And he went to – so now he's had doesn't have a helmet on and he's going to try to make the tackle. <laughs> right. Which in college, I'm pretty sure is illegal. It's a 15-yard penalty to play with you out, play when your helmet comes off. It's really, really? idiotic. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's another new rule. It is idiotic. Do you want to read Brian uh, Baldinger's? Is, is it that – did I say that right? Brian Baldinger's? Baldinger's. Ball tweet dinger. or do you want me to read it? Uh, he just he just says um, at Titans defense siempre starts with stuffing the run, and when at Kenny Vaccaro four loses his bucket, it doesn't deter him from the mission. Hashtag Baldy's breakdowns. <laughs> this is like another example of tough tough guy. This is all awesome. Loses helmet, still can. I mean, it's not safe. No, not at all. But whatever. And it looks like the helmet just explodes off of him. Yeah, I've never like seen that before. <laughs> Me either. It's like he wasn't wearing a chin strap or something. Oh my god. Uh, but it was just interesting either way, because like, when have we ever seen a player tweet the, their own injury? Yeah, I, I, I guess wasn't, video wasn't that probably that serious. You know when that what that video reminds me of when um, Jadavian Clowney lit up that dude in from in Michigan? college. Yeah. yeah, his helmet came off and everything. That's what it reminded me of. That was like a legendary hit. Yeah. Uh, Okay, another Tennessee Titans player. We got uh, Logan Ryan, cornerback, Rutgers guy, by the way, uh, with a broken fibula. And no video or anything on this, but I think the point that we wanted to make is that he made a post about it afterwards. And he said that he felt it was important that players should break the news of their own uh, injuries. Uh, So his post said, I broke my left fibula and will miss the remainder of the season i poured my heart and soul into this season so it's unfortunate however anyone who knows me uh knows how relentlessly i will train to come back a better player with fewer weaknesses Uh, i am proud of how i play i'm proud of how my team is playing and i am proud i was able to walk off the field with a broken leg Uh, i will continue to support my team and coach up the dbs while we make this run for the playoffs i'm also proud to say that my 76 tackles this season raised over twelve thousand dollars for animal rescue it's all love so there's a lot of things in here uh, to kind of pick from first off i feel like it's almost reminiscent of uh 
of course, I'm going to say it, Tim Tebow's The Promise speech. Uh, just, yeah, yes in, no. in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and he also talked about how he was proud that he was, he was able to walk off the field with a broken leg. To me, that's like... To, uh, eat, to eat your own, whatever. Yeah, yeah. If, if that's what does it for you, then I guess that's cool. But the best part about it is I feel like he has something outside of football that he cares about with this... Uh, you know, fundraising animal for rescue. animal rescue, which is cool. And it's cool to see that more players have stuff outside that they can kind of lean back on when they do have injuries like this. Uh, any thoughts? I think that was a couple things. I think that was his My Cause, My Cleats from – I know it was last year he did. Yeah. The, the, the animal, I remember hearing about that. Um, and secondly, you see this a lot more. I guess surgeries, a lot of guys say, like, thanks for all the prayers, blah, blah, blah. Surgery went, whatever. Um, but with these guys – Breaking the news, I guess, or I mean, you really only see it when season's over. Like yeah. uh, his, his season's over, so he's not hiding anything. It's exactly. This, this isn't a multi-week injury where that's when like teams this, don't teams don't want to come out. You yeah, know, you know, exactly. this is gonna come out on the injury report anyway. Exactly. Right? So and when they put him on IR, anybody. yeah. So. It's not like a Belichick move, right? But do you think that players should be the ones to? Uh, Get, break the news. Well, in in in, the, in this scenario, if I mean, like a broken leg is cut and dry, and there's only two weeks left, so there's there's no there's no wiggle room. So if he wants to be the first per, if he wants to do it when he gets in the locker room after he breaks his leg and pull, post a tweet, yeah, that's that's, that's fine. It, it's it's really not like breaking news. Yeah, it depends on no the, pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. Very well done. Um, it is. It depends on what the actual issue is right so all throughout the season the jets for some for for um one team bowls got mad multiple times at multiple people for revealing their injuries right it's like a strategy thing for absolutely right terrell Pryor revealed that you know he had he was battling this injury or that injury you know they it changes him. game plans <laughs> and they cut him that's it him. done yeah you're done yeah <laughs> I think um I think even the Steelers I think uh uh Tomlin got pissed off at at somebody revealing their injury as well. It might have been Antonio Brown probably. Um but it's the same thing. You know when it's going to change the game plan and um affect how your team, you know, whether or not your team loses an edge. Yeah, I I think that the players need to shut their mouths. But, you know, when it comes to something like this season ending, that's fine. Right. Yeah. Okay. I have no problems with that. All right. Next injury up, we got Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz with a stress fracture. This is more of like a update. And did we really know? When did we talk about Back, this? Back, no. So it was just kind of just came out of nowhere. So they played the Cowboys last week. And it was uh, Cowboys won in overtime. And he played the whole game. Yeah. Um, and then it came out, I guess, like Tuesday. It came out Tuesday morning that he was questionable. And then like two hours later, that he, it, that he was going to be out, yeah. and then a couple hours later, it came out that he might. That it's a back injury, and he might not play again this year. Yeah. Um, so after this week's game, they came out. So they're still technically in the hunt for the playoffs. They said they're not putting him on injured reserve, but he's probably not going to play in the regular season. So I guess technically they're may, maybe holding out hope that if they're playing a month from now. He could be able to come back. It seems unlikely. Um, but again, we don't have a video on this. I don't know if there was a certain play that triggered yeah. it or caused it. Uh, but um, when I was got a lot more. Yeah, when it. I was kind of uh, researching this, and I was looking through some of the other Twitter feeds and Dr. David Chow, 
Leslie. Yeah, exactly. Leslie Chow. <laughs> um, the rumors for him was that he'd actually been um, known to have had a stress injury to the back. They talked to staff and uh, medical staff and everything um, and coaches and and Wentz disgusted and they all decide that they decided that he would be able to go back in and um, try it out and see how he did. This is in game last week? Not in game. This was prior leading okay. up um, to to this and stuff like that. So he played through the game, the last game, um, and then it progressed to a stress fracture. So typically in the back, and it's usually in the lumbar region. So your lumbar, as Josh is pointing to and struggling and with struggling with right now um the lumbar region has five vertebrae right and typically l5 is typically the one that um gets affected mostly by this it's called a spondylolysis which is a stress fracture or crack in what's called the pars interarticularis that pars interarticularis is basically where the um, superior facet of the of the vertebrae meets the inferior facet of the vertebrae and kind of forms a joint almost. Um, but um, that's where the crack or the break is. It typically it's very um, uh, uh, common amongst uh, children and adolescents, and it, it takes quite a while to recover from this. I don't see Wentz coming back from no matter what they say about. The whole fact of, oh, he could still come back from later on. The healing for, for this type of injury takes somewhere around like three months. And that's just the healing portion of it. That pars interarticularis area has a limited blood supply. So the healing takes a lot longer to, um, to occur. So, you know, my prognosis, Nick Foles is going to be captaining the ship. And Wentz will, Wentz will return next year. I wonder if there's a reason why they don't want to put him on IR. I guess I, I, maybe if a couple other guys get hurt and they need his roster spot, mm -hmm. like I guess they'll we'll see that. Um, yeah. Maybe he'll he's the first option to go. But right now they're just from a numbers wise they don't need to do it yet. Um, but it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens in the next couple of weeks. And as soon as they lose another game, they're probably going to be out. So we'll see if it happens then too. Like they could very well lose this weekend, and the last game is meaningless because they're already out of the playoffs, and then they just kind of right. kind of do it then. All right, so I think that wraps it up for <clears throat> the injuries from this week. Uh, we had a video of Philip Rivers kind of getting fired up after a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit. That was a no-call. Um, Chris Nowinski posted that one. Uh, looks like it was rightly so. I mean, it's classic. What right. should have been a helmet rule. Correct. Yeah, and it wasn't called. Yeah, <laughs> I think at the end of the season when we kind of wrap things up, pretty like, much sums it all up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think that at the end of the season when we kind of wrap things up here. This is the helmet rule is going to be like the thing that was supposed to be, you know, the the biggest change of the year, and it turned out to be absolutely nothing. And I don't, my view or my prediction of what they're going to say, if anything, is that it was called like it should have been. And uh, I, I don't know. It, maybe it was wishful thinking on our part that it would be different, but uh, they're. From the sounds of everything that they've said so far from a couple of people that I've heard, it's very much um, they wanted it to be clear and obvious and um, intentful, I guess. And it, it has been a lot of times, and they, it hasn't been called a lot of times. So um, it's just 
if nothing gets changed, I think you'll see it even less next year. And I don't know if they want it changed or not. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. Honestly, I think they're happy with the percentage of plays that it gets called on, and which, is my, which was my biggest thing starting, was it's not a matter of uh, the technicalities or the, uh, the technical what they're going to call a foul on. Uh, to me, it was they don't want to have – they don't want this called like a hold, holding penalty where there's 500 holdings in the NFL every year. They don't want it to be a f- five, six-time-a-game penalty. They want it to be uh, one, twice, one or two times a week combined for every game penalty. That's what they want it to be. Um, so I think that's what they want the rule. They want to find a rule that's going to get them a penalty that they can call once a week and not a penalty that, they, that they're that they going to call five times a game, um, which kind of doesn't have anything to do with safe health or safety. It's just – but that's but that's what they want. I think they were going to be very uncomfortable with the helmet rule being called five times in a game, which if it was going to – which how it was written to start, that's what it would have had to be, and I don't think they wanted that. Yeah, and what I will say is, like, even though they aren't really calling that rule, I do see a change in the player's behavior anyway. Like guys pulling up on plays where they could have depleted someone. Because at the end of the day, regardless of if you think it's being enforced correctly or not, there's still a, it's in the rule book, so there's still a chance, chance that they can yeah. call it. All right. We'll see if it happens. I mean, the real referendum on it is going to be in the playoffs. When it, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's great every week watching these games, but when there's one game on at a time in the playoffs, stand alone, and something happens for better or worse, that's when it's going to be – that's when there's going to be light shed on it one yeah. way or another, whether it's called and it and it severely hurts a team or whether it's not called and it could have helped to hurt a team or it's not called and somebody gets hurt for what, e- either way it goes. It'll, it'll, it'll be very, very public if it happens. I think that, I think that Josh is com- completely right with this. I think that rule was basically made to be put on display during the playoffs. I think if we're going to see anything, we're going to see it called way more or way more consistently, I should say, in the playoffs when it's under it's, the spotlight absolutely people people make a much better deal much bigger deal about it for better or worse in the playoffs because yeah okay so it, redskins jaguars if someone gets flagged for it in the second quarter this week nobody really cares you know it's not going to be a big deal it's not gonna be a deal on twitter or talk show talk radio or anything that publicly affects how the nfl makes their decisions but if it happens in a playoff game it'll it, it it'll get talked about and then that's how the nfl decides to change rules or not right uh next topic of discussion is uh another infection in the redskins locker room with uh darius geis yeah so well he, he, he he tore his acl we talked about this he tore his acl in the preseason a rookie from lsu rookie running back and um it i guess it came out either this week or last week that he's had a he's had to have a couple three couple more surgeries yeah. since his original acl surgery because of uh uh, infections or complications so it's uh it's just it's just another example of it to me i just think it's 100 percent coincidence that it was also a redskin player yeah um but also it goes to show that as fans we automatically assume with all these injuries a year they're th- good yeah, yeah but not only that like we assume that this guy needs surgery it's that's here. it yeah he'll be Nothing fine else. because how many guys have surgery and come back but um it's one of the, like you can't any any surgical procedure is a serious thing and you yeah. can't automatically assume that one they'll come back at 100% or two that the surgery is going to go perfectly and 
Everything's so, Waz, what, what implications does an infection have on an ACL surgery in terms of, like, your long-term outlook? So, there's there's quite a few implications to this, right? So, every time you get an infection in there, right, that infection can spread to the entire body from that joint. So, you've got to control it. Um, if you have a graft that gets infected, which is basically when you tear your ACL, they need to get what's called a graft and uh, attach it back on to onto the, the the femur and the tibia and basically replicate the ACL or the seatbelt that's there, right? So if that thing is infected, sometimes that graft can get compromised and you'll have to get another uh, graft done again. Again, that's another surgery, another drilling, another a whole bunch of different things that can, can affect the, the bone in itself. It affects the healing process. It affects your body's ability to heal because if some of these uh, seed from the joint into the rest of the body, you're talking about a whole body systemic infection called sepsis. That can be life-threatening. So we're not just talking about just this guy's knee. We're talking about his entire body and and um and life livelihood here um you know with the redskin staff is one of the best staffs i mean they've got dr james andrews he's a guru in the world of orthopedic uh, medicine so you know it's not like we we have any schleps here and they do their standard precautions if not go above and beyond those uh precautions to to um reduce the risk of infection. Sometimes these things happen. And unfortunately, we're just catching the Redskin staff at that point when they're being hit by something like this. It's okay. unlucky. Yeah. Dr. James Andrews is the, the baseball Grim Reaper. He's the guy that you don't want to hear oh, about when, yeah. you're, when you're starting pitcher. UCL. Goes to, goes to visit Dr. James Andrews. That's when you know you're in. Yeah, but then they talk it. about how they come back even stronger. Yeah, but he's, he's still John. out for the year. Yeah, but if you come back stronger, then. We live in the moment, Kev. <laughs> we do as athletes, unfortunately. Uh, okay, next topic of discussion is should Aaron Rodgers or slash Cam Newton play uh, this week? So I'm I'm going to the Jets game because I'm a Packers fan. So you want to see Aaron? Rodgers I want to see Aaron Rodgers play as a, a Packers fan. You want to see him play? I think Aaron Rodgers should play. So here's <laughs> that's what I think. And, uh, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna add all the IR stuff in at the end of this conversation, but. Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton, I guess we, we, we can lump them in together because they're both franchise quarterbacks. They're both superstars. Um, you probably have to look at their situations differently in terms of if you think they should play or think they shouldn't play. Um, I guess Rodgers we'll talk about first. The similarity with these two teams are they're both what? They're both eliminated from the playoffs. So that's why this discussion comes up. Right. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been, I think, clearly not 100% ever since the second quarter of the first game of the season. With his knee. With his knee. Um, maybe that's caused some of this groin discomfort. Yeah. Um, so, but the interesting part with Rodgers is his new coach, the interim coach, came out and said, um, if you play in the NFL, you sign up for 16 games and hopefully more. Um, you paid for 16 games. If you can play, you should play. Um, and I don't think that was directed at Aaron Rodgers as much of just his philosophy on this topic in general. Um, and with that being said, I think 99% of the time you agree with that sentiment. But I mean, when you look at these franchise quarterbacks, I think you kind of got to put them in a special class of their own, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is getting older. You know he's your franchise superstar quarterback. If he's not 100% healthy, is it really worth 
putting him out there the last two weeks of the season from a team franchise standpoint. Um, with him, I think it's also injury specific. I, I would be more willing to play Aaron Rodgers with a groin issue, a sore groin and a sore knee than I would be willing to play Cam Newton the next two weeks. Um, if you heard, so Cam played on Monday night last night and Cam's had issues all year long with his shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, and the last, uh, they've lost, I think six games in a row or five out of six. Um, and it's clear that he's, he's having shoulder, shoulder issues. And it's kind of, he came out last night and basically said, look, I don't even know what's wrong with it. I know it hurts and I know it's been hurting all year and I've tried everything I could physical therapy, acupuncture, stim massages, but it's not getting any better. Um, and with a shoulder, this gets into complicated territory where if it's hurt to the point where he needs surgery, he might be better off just sitting down and getting it done as soon as the season's over because then we're turning into Andrew Luck territory yeah. where Andrew Luck tried to play through it and he tried to not get a surgery, and then he ended up missing two seasons. Shoulders in nine months. Correct. And so. it's, it's, it's not – and like I said, if he's – and it's likely labral in pathology here. So it's one of, I think, as much as you, we can group these together, but I think they're separate issues. But it's, it, it, it's tough to say. But I also would say quarterback and maybe in a slight case a running back, those might be the only franchise players when your team's out of it the last week or two where you can say, okay, let's, let's, if it's serious enough, let's just take a couple weeks off and figure out what we need to do in the offseason. Um, because at the point is like is is Cam really helping himself at all these 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 next two weeks playing? No. I mean, okay, can you make it worse? Maybe not. Um, but at least with the shoulder, I think he should probably. But from the fan perspective, you're also like, damn, I'm paying yeah two hundred dollars for whatever seat you're getting. You know, I'm paying to see these superstars, right? What am I getting? Yeah, and you want to see those guys play. And for as also for as silly as it sounds, from a team standpoint, and he can be similar in college too. Okay, the Panthers are out of the playoffs, but the Panthers can get a lot of carryover into the next season. Same with the Packers. The Packers can get a lot of carryover in the next season by winning their last two games. To the average fan, it might sound silly, but that that shit really makes a big difference. You see a lot of teams who closed the last, won their last three games the season before. Yep. Right, and then and then they're, they they start out hot the next year because that's I mean that sets it's a tone. winning mentality sets the tone for your whole off season. Right, so it's uh, there's a, there, there's a lot into it, but as a quarterback, depending on the injury, um, they might be the ones that be like you know just sit down. And a lot of it depends on who your backup is. I mean, like uh, obviously with Cam and with Rodgers, they really don't have a backup who is uh, waiting in the wings, and these guys aren't old enough to be name worthy. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's tough, but it, it will be interesting to see if one or both um, does play this week. I mean, as a fan, obviously you want to see your quarterback play, but from doing this podcast and dedicating the last three and a half years of my <laughs> life towards health and safety of athletes. Live I lean, another day. I, lear, I, I lean more towards the yeah, fight to live another yeah. day. There's no point in this yeah, game. Right, like Just yeah. save yourself while you can. Yeah, right. it, but it's kind of interesting because this isn't like a, a toughness, let's play through it no, thing. It's, it's more of like a – It's a it, dichotomy that we yeah. have that's right here. If they were in the playoffs, these guys would be playing. And yeah. it wouldn't even we wouldn't even know they were hurt yet. Absolutely. So it's kind of a – Kind of an interesting thing. So uh, injury reserve stuff. This we kind of wanted to talk about, like uh, with Jamal uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron, Aaron Jones. Um, so this is the time of year, especially in football, where 
you see everybody everybody gets hurt gets put on IR because obviously you get put on IR you free, you're freeing up a roster spot and in order to be put on injury reserve you just have to have a quote unquote season ending injury so at this point if you have a two week injury doesn't take much yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you, you you can be put on a IR um, so and this is where you see a lot of transactions getting to happen so every team has their 53 man active roster they have their 10 man practice squad right um, so. If I, if Waz, you're playing, what, what, what team do you want to play on tonight? Giants. You play on the Giants? All right. So Waz is, Waz is a starting quarter, cornerback on the Giants. And he, week 15, gets hurt, put him on IR. All right. So you're out for the season. So now we can sign somebody, we can sign, as the Giants, if I'm the GM, I can sign someone off of a different person's practice squad. So if I want Kevin's on the Packers practice squad as a cornerback, and I want to, and I've been, we scouted him pre-draft, and we kind of like him, but we never had a chance to sign him, I can sign him off their Local pack- guy. Local guy. <laughs> Great story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Homecoming. We, so we can take Kev off the... the Vince Papelli. <laughs> <laughs> we can take Kev off the Packers practice squad and sign him to our active roster. So there's a, uh, is if you take someone from a different team's practice squad, you need to put them on your active roster. You yeah. can't go from practice squad to practice squad. And you don't have to say yes. Like there's there's a lot of times if cheese is great up here, yeah, I'm not leaving. You you, you <laughs> like you like the cheese and I offer you a spot on the active roster and you go back to the Packers and say, you know, I really like the cheese here, they'd be like, Great, I'll give you a couple more platters and we'll and we have a plan for you next year, even more cheese. And you're like, okay, I'll stay. The women are beer drinkers. Correct. Yes. Uh, but but now, so no, so now you say you don't like the cheese as much. It's getting moldy. So do you want to come to the Giants? So now, as as the Packers, what do we you have, have? Stinky cheese. No. <laughs> you have a open spot. An open yeah. spot on the practice squad. So now you find somebody, uh, whether it's a it's a free agent or somebody else, and now you sign somebody to your practice squad. So basically all this stuff happens. So as soon as somebody as soon as you have the ability to put someone on on IR, you're maximizing your roster for the end of the season because once the league year ends, everyone who's on your injured reserve, your practice squad and your active roster is your property. So the more guys you have on injured reserve, the more guys you have you have control over going into the next season. So that's where it really helps with that, with, with having a practice squad and constantly scouting these guys. Um, and especially the team to say the teams that suck, but especially for the teams who suck. The Giants. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll sign a couple guys. And you know what? Every once in a while, these guys hit. I mean, yeah. the, the Steelers starting slot cornerback, Mike Hilton, they signed off the – Any relation to T.Y.? No, no, Damn. no relation to T.Y. So he was uh, – they signed him – to their practice, he was on. He was on the Patriots practice squad for like two weeks, uh, three years ago. Ended up getting cut. Three weeks later, the Steelers signed him to their practice squad in December, um, like three weeks before the season ended. Didn't play at all, um, and then came into training camp the next year and was their starting slot corner. He started every game for them for the last two years. So but he was a guy that they supposedly scouted and liked out of college, but they never had the roster. They never had the room to add a guy that's never played before. But now you get a couple guys hurt. You have a spot open. You've always liked this guy. Um, and now you have control over him for the next year. Um, and that's where it, it really it really helps. So that's where the IR rules in the NFL are kind of promote pro, promote this stuff, and it's it's there's a lot of benefit in it. Like promoting player safety in a way? Correct. Yeah. Promoting so player like, safety and putting these guys on the side and getting more guys into the get into flow and giving more guys chances in, in, in the league. And it also helps that it's, it's, it's more jobs 
once the season ends because there's because there's more guys that are in control by a team rather than just your 53 roster and your 10 practice squad and the moral is we don't want old moldy stinky cheese no and if you do that's on you (laughs) making a bad life choice All right, Uh, we're going to wrap things up today with the NFL Way to Play Player of the Week for Week 14, and we're back in line with my safety undertones with this one. Uh, Josh, you want to take us through it? Yeah, yeah, this is (laughs) – smells smells of moldy safety undertones. Um, No, this is what we thought it was going to – this is what we thought every week was going to be, right? Yeah. Um, This is a little – This was a great one. uh, Kind of a check down to the – so it was the Lions against the Cardinals. It was a check down to the Cardinals running back, David Johnson. Jared Davis, the linebacker for the Lions, was covering. It was out in coverage. Um, David Johnson caught it, and uh, he did a, had a really good form tackle the way we've always been talking – the way they've been talking, the way to play has been talking about it. Eyes up, head to the side, shoulder into the rib cage. Um, and, it, I mean, it had a great impact. David Johnson yeah. felt it. Yeah. And uh, it was just a good example yeah, he of like sprawled out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> those, those like not hit. in a bad way, like you're afraid for yeah, his yeah, life, but like, like oh, that hurt. in the way it was like, oh God. We've all been there before. Uh, so it's this but this is what we thought every week was gonna be. A good form way to play tackle. But is that on us because we were just like yeah. we were you know, talking we're, about him and calling him out and they're like oh we've got to throw one in for these guys <laughs> these guys are listening they know somebody's been it's listening like, to there the are podcast. literally three people who yes. watch this video and it's these guys and they always talk about it so we gotta <laughs> throw them a bone here they're on to us no next, but n- next week it's gonna be like a guy downing a punt yeah. <laughs> great play but honestly yeah. though like is it is it just because we're talking so biased it. and is it also the the fact that like Fans want to see that bigger hit rather than, like, say the the safety the the center just you know nudging the guy along. Yeah. I think it's you partially I mean? our, our fault, but at the same time, this way to play initiative has been yeah. directly about tackling. So that's kind of for the most part, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of why we to put that connotation on it. That's kind of why I think. I we mean, like with the whole heads up, gonna be, yeah. you know, initiative. It, it, it includes like blocking as well. You're trying yeah. to keep your head out of the block as yeah. well, um, which to me, like when they throw in some of the blocks, like it, I can kind of see it. But yeah, downing a punt or something like, or seriously, like yeah, come who on. cares? Yeah, but maybe they're like Waz kind of said. It made me think of something. Is like maybe they're trying to make fans have an appreciation for stuff other than the big hit absolutely which is a thought something i haven't thought of until you said that so. casual, yeah it's casual a lot more could be directed to the casual fan right but are we also over analyzing this too much <laughs> we <laughs> might be the too only, much credit the only ones analyzing this also. giving them way too much credit <laughs> but we're doing it so thanks again guys for all your hard work and preparation coming into this and uh we'll be back next week and next week is will be monday probably Ho, yeah, ho, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a Christmas Eve episode. Yeah. There'll be a great cover art for it. You can believe that. Eggnog. <laughs> can only imagine. Grinch. Elf for sure. Oh, yeah. 